change the channel. It is time for the real movie news. I'm Jim. I'm Cody. And this is the news. First up, for those of you that haven't been looking at your streaming this past week, uh, Warner Brothers released their new streaming service last week on the 27th of May, HBO Max. And now this is the streaming service that plans to compete with Disney+. Plus. It's called HBO Max, even though it's Warner Brothers Studios streaming service. It's owned by Time Warner, so they are available to stream anything that Time Warner owns, and they did release a lot of content. Almost all of HBO's catalog of shows and movies they're offering. They have a lot of the DC shows and some of the DC, yeah, some of the DC shows from the DC streaming service plus DC movies, Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. They have the entire Studio Ghibli catalog. They have several Turner Classic movies that Warner Brothers has made, and they also have movies that usually you can only find in a Criterion collection on. DVD or Blu-ray, Crunchyroll Anime, uh, Doctor Who, Friends, and more to come as the months and weeks ahead lie. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not, but it's a cool service, it sounds like, anyway. They did have a offer that if you signed up last month, you would get like $3 off for the whole first year of your service. And the other great thing is if you already have HBO Now or you have HBO through your cable or satellite that's owned, there's certain companies that if you mm -hmm. have it with them, you also get it for free. Oh, that's cool. Let me check into that. Paramount Pictures has announced that they will be making a sequel to the uh, uh, well-received live-action film starring Sega's favorite blue blur, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, this wasn't really a shock after the financial success of the film at the theaters. Uh, if you haven't seen the film yet, you can still get it on demand as well as on Blu-ray or DVD. Yeah, I need to still check that out. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to personally like it, but I've heard <laughs> a lot of good things from the community of video game and nerd community that it's a pretty decent film. It's fun. It's a good family-friendly film. On top of DC News and Warner Brothers, uh, fans all over the world either rejoiced or rolled their eyes as HBO Max and Warner announced that they will be releasing the Zack Snyder Cut of Justice League next year, straight to HBO Max. Speaking of the Snyder Cut, um, we may not have seen the last of Henry Cavill as Superman. According to sources, negotiations between the studio and Cavill have resumed. It was almost two years ago uh, when it was previously stated that he would not be returning to the role. And uh, I, I know I'm excited. I don't know who else is. I'm not a big fan of some of his films, but I did like him playing the role. Right. I actually very much enjoyed him in the role, and I was kind of sad that he wasn't going to get a chance to fully get to play the role because love or hate Justice League and which version of which direction the role went, I really liked um, Cavill in Justice League and felt like he finally got to be Superman. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, we're going to get consistency if they continue with the Snyderverse. Playing along with those news... Um, uh, the new Batman film from Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, has been delayed because of COVID-19, just as many other blockbusters have been delayed, and it's now scheduled to hit theaters in October of next year. MGM is apparently now in production for a new Fiddler on the Roof remake. Sources are reporting that it will be directed by Hamilton director Thomas Carl, who's directing the uh, screen adaption of the original play. It should be entertaining, and uh, apparently he's done a great job, from what I've heard. I mean, yeah, it was originally a Broadway musical, and then it was made into a feature-length movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be interesting, especially with the guy that helped make Hamilton a success at the helm. Yeah, I know Steven Spielberg has a West Side Story remake coming out, so it could be good, but I'm a little hesitant because it's also one of my favorite movie musicals, so we'll see. 
Well, we are kind of due for musicals. It's been a minute since we had a lot of musicals in uh, modern cinema. So, I mean, it's been, I mean, really, I guess the, the, the 70s, 80s was the last time we saw many musicals in, uh, or maybe even before that, I guess, really. But I think there were still some of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, the musicals kind of gone to the wayside since the birth of the blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true and we get one once in a blue moon like a western yeah that is very true well um some fans are happy and some fans are screaming as always when news breaks <laughs> out but apparently they are going forward with a sequel to the much beloved cult classic film from jim henson the labyrinth there will be a sequel and they just announced that scott derrickson is going to be directing it <laughs> I have very uh, very mixed feelings on this one. I know uh, there's a lot of buzz about it already, and uh, the question is, uh, who all's coming back for this? I mean, are we going to get Sarah back? Uh, and is um, Jennifer Connelly going to uh, be back for the role? And is she going to be the new Goblin Queen, or are they going to recast uh, with someone else playing the original Goblin King? I don't know. And I know that's where a lot of the controversy and upset is because many people feel like there's no one else who can play that but David Bowie. Right. Yeah. And since we no longer have the pleasure of having David Bowie in the universe. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of sad. But I mean, they this could turn out good if they do it right. We've had a lot of sequels lately from beloved films that are 20 and 30 years old be good even if they weren't financially successful right you had mad max you've had blade runner we just had a sequel to the shining they were all relatively really well-made movies and worked well within having that long of a gap to a movie that's much beloved and also netflix just did a dark crystal series that was really good too so Right. This could work. According to comicbook.com, J.K. Simmons has been contracted to appear in multiple Spider-Man movies as J. J. Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson, uh, this coming after his triumphant and surprising return as Jameson in the Sony film Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, fans of Simmons' portrayal, such as myself, have been calling for the character's return and Simmons retaking the role since the newest incarnation of Spider-Man began. Uh, I was so happy to see that at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. If you haven't seen the movie i'm sorry i spoiled it for you but he's in it <laughs> i love jk simmons as j jonah jameson it might be the best comic book casting ever for a role yeah it's it's right there with patrick stewart uh as xavier there's there's not much i i can't imagine anyone else doing it uh i i can't even play with the idea like i mean sure hugh jackman does an amazing wolverine but he doesn't fit the, the true look of Wolverine anyway. So I can always go, okay, well, this guy might do a good job either way. I know it can be done. Uh, but, man, J.K. Simmons is just perfect in that role. I mean, I guess there's a reason that character never showed up again until he popped up in Far From Home. Yeah. Well, I know uh, uh, J.K. Simmons was in contract with another studio for some other films. So I don't know if that was part of the reason or I don't know if he's still under contract for the other. I don't know. But I know that uh, that it could have been something like that or it could have just been they weren't sure if they were going to use him or not. So I I'd say bring on J.K. Simmons for all the Spider-Man movies. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to have and that was like when they when they did the first one, uh, uh, Homecoming. That was my uh, my argument. Was, well, maybe they just haven't gotten to that point yet. He's young. He's not into the reporting age yet. They may not touch on it. And that was fine. But I'm really glad they brought him in. Um, the controversy continues of whether we should open theaters back up in July or keep it delayed as since many cities in our country are still shut down and we're not expecting a vaccine for COVID until sometime next year. We talked heavily about Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers wanting to release Tenet into theaters. This past weekend, Academy Award-winning director Spike Lee from such films as Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, and Black Klansmen made a statement that he will not be going to the movie theaters, he will not be going to see a Broadway play, 
he will not be going to a Yankees game until there is a vaccine available. He says this is something you cannot play with, and it's going to kill people. <laughs> well, he's he's probably right. Uh, you know, I, I, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Um, so, you know, it's risky, and I don't blame him. Uh, I don't plan to jump in a theater anytime soon either. Yeah, and I'm glad there's someone on this side of the fence in the industry talking about this because there are companies and studios trying to incorporate people in the industry to get on this campaign of like how to safely return to the theater and idealistically it's not there yet with the success of the invisible man universal is now on track to get this dark universe or at least get their remakes up of these classic monster movies it's just been announced that Ryan Gosling will star in a updated version of The Wolfman. Uh, this comes from the success of this earlier film, Invisible Man, which I quite enjoyed. And I know that they are planning a Dracula movie as well. And I forget the director that's attached to that, but I know a lot of people were excited about that as well. Uh, I know I'm excited. I I enjoyed Invisible Man. I even liked um, the Mummy. It wasn't the best Mummy, but it was it was all right. Uh, I know they're talking about kind of doing them as their own separate entities now versus one giant monster universe where everybody is interacting. But then again, they may change their minds too, depending on how things go. So. Yeah, I think it's best that they try not to do an interconnected universe right now. Yeah. And if there's a way they can do it eventually, then maybe. But I think just making the individual movies like they did back in the day, yeah. I think, is a good approach. And if uh, It's Karen Kusma okay. who's directing the new Dracula. She directed The Invitation and Jennifer's Body. Okay. Well, and again, if they do these things uh, all on their own, as long as they create them in the modern world, it's not that hard to bring them together in some way. You know, people will accept it if it makes if it's a good if it's well written, even if it's not the most believable thing. Exactly. That's that's what it boils down to. It just needs to be well written, yeah, and well executed, and people will watch it. Today's feature was recorded over a week ago, and some of the information may be out of date. All right, so today we want to kind of talk about um, film and our current situation with the whole quarantine COVID-19 situation. Um, uh, it, basically, a lot is changing with media and how people are viewing it and how, uh, how film is, is going to be probably seen for at least a little while. Um, there's a lot of news stories that have gone on during this time. We're dealing with uh, things like uh, AMC uh, has pretty much said they're not going to run Universal movies because of the whole uh, statement by by Universal saying that they're they're going to release on demand uh, as well as at the same time they're releasing to theaters in the future going forward. Well, I mean this idea for Universal came because, you know, so many movies have been delayed due to COVID-19. I mean, everything has been slated either till the end of this year or next year. And then Universal was seeing that a lot of the movies that were previously in theaters, like, went to demand and offered like, you know, mm -hmm. rent for 20 to $10, depending on how fresh the release was. So they were like, yeah. okay, we were going to release Trolls. And in fact, Trolls, up until like the theaters completely shut down, was still slated to release April 10th. So they're looking at, okay, Trolls, we know that's a certain market that we're going to make. It's not going to be one of our biggest money makers of the year. So why don't we take advantage of everybody being at home and just upload this movie onto the internet for people to rent for $20, which is a great deal if you're like, you have a family, like if you're a family of three or four or more, $20 is a good deal for a movie. <laughs> and for sure. it did really well. So Universal was like, well, hey, there might be some money here and just dropping some of these movies on 
on demand because not everybody goes to the movie theaters, even when movie theaters were open. For sure. I mean, it was a genius move. We're talking about everyone's locked at home. There's nothing going on. There's nothing new. to. I mean, you know, if you have Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff is still there. It's not going anywhere. But having something that everyone's already talking about, and especially a kid's movie, that most of these kids are probably waiting to see anyway, whether they were going to get to see it in theaters or not. They were planning to watch this silly Trolls sequel. Um, and as opposed, I mean, On Demand already had it set up where they would release usually about 90 days, a little more after theaters, it would go to On Demand. But in this case, they went, everybody's going to be home. Let's release it. And it went gangbusters. I mean, they made millions off of uh, their their demand releases. I mean, I think I think it has like a three million. Uh, I think it made like three million in theaters because some were slow to close. But uh, most of it's and I I don't think they have an accurate well, number out for everybody. Are also still open, so it's playing in drive-ins yeah. currently. Right now, those are so few and far between, though, too. Uh, but I know people are talking about open more of those too, which is very much uh, kind of something I'm sure we'll get to see. Uh, as the future goes and see what happens with I'm that all for that um, actually especially right now because it's not like the ideal theatrical experience but it's at least a safe sure. way if you're missing that theatrical experience and some movies play really well in a drive-in yeah I, I i could also see them doing a lot more old movies just to keep something going uh, like right now i mean because so much is getting pushed back there's nothing coming out like, I think I saw today that they're talking about re-releasing um, Scott Pilgrim to yes, theaters. Um, uh, which sounds awesome, because, um, I mean, I saw it in theaters when it came out. Uh, and I think I'd watch it again uh, in theaters. Uh, <laughs> but especially with nothing out. I mean, I don't have a lot to go see, and they're not open right now for us yet anyway. But um, uh, I, I, I would go watch it, just because it's something to watch. I was going to say, not only did uh, Universal do that, but with a lot of these movies, studios are just dropping them on a streaming service. Like, uh, there's a comedy from Paramount called The Lovebirds. They're dropping that on Netflix this Friday. Disney's yeah. dropping yeah. Artemis Fowl on Disney Plus June 12th. <laughs> there's a Dave Bautista comedy that's going straight to Amazon. And I want to yeah. say there's a Judd Apatow movie that's coming straight to on demand as well, which I think is a universal movie. Yeah. King of Staten Island. It is. Something. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I can't remember the title, but I think that's right. Um, well, I mean, and look at Onward. All right. Onward. Uh, they released that like only a month after it was in theaters straight to Disney Plus, And they put Frozen 2 and Rise of Skywalker early. Right. A ton of movies are getting pushed out quickly, but you know, because again, lots of people are sitting at home. There's not a lot going on. So many people are furloughed or or fired outright, um, or you know, just are working at home with their kids and everybody's sitting at home. Kids aren't going to school, etc. Uh, entertainment's important, um, and you know, uh, most of the companies realize that and they know it's going well. First off, it's going to entertain people, but secondly, it's going to bring business. Disney knows that if, if they don't put out content that's fresh right now, and someone else is going to. So moving all that stuff makes perfect and sense. At the end of all things, Artemis Fowl probably wasn't going to give them that much money at the theaters, and they know that. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, let's drop it on Disney, our streaming service because it's a new movie, and more people might actually watch it because it's like straight to Disney+. Plus. It's like in their home. Yeah, that's... That's very true, though. I mean, like Onward, I wouldn't have. I probably would have waited till it was free anyway to watch. Well, I highly uh, recommend and were you watch that, especially since you're a big D and D guy. I I did, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, but back to uh, Universal and AMC, the whole situation. Um, you know, AMC's taking a hard stand. They're saying they're not going to show any more Universal films at AMC uh, because until I mean, and they have said that if they if Universal will come to the table and, and make some kind of compromise or something or, or change what they've said, that that they would be willing to adjust. But as of right now, they said uh, whether it's, you know, uh, any movie coming forward, whether it's, you know, James Bond, I think, is Universal or. Uh, the Fast and the Furious, or any number of these movies that uh, keep coming out, sequels, etc., 
they're not going to show it in their theaters. Uh-huh. Uh, and and that's a that's a big thing. I know uh, I'm an AMC uh, uh, fan. I go that's our local theater. I pay extra to go see a lot of movies there with their uh, rewards programs and whatnot. And uh, that 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 will definitely change. Uh, would definitely affect me as a as a patron if I'm not able to go see these. I mean, I could drive to the next town over and watch it in a different theater, but uh, it would it would definitely cause problems for a lot of fans. Um, and I don't know if that would work for AMC in the long run, but I understand where they're coming from because basically they're saying, okay, theaters which realistically may not last forever. Uh, the theater experience because of home, home entertainment uh, technology has gotten better. And with this on-demand sort of situation, I can see theaters falling away even more than they have in the past. So I can understand AMC getting mad about it. Uh, but I don't know if they can hold that line if uh, if movie theaters get back to where they were. I don't so. think they can. I mean, like you, I understand where they're coming from because it is a dying industry, and that's sad. But at the same point, I do not see AMC not wanting to get... I know theaters don't get much revenue from the movies themselves. They get it from the concessions. Yeah. But they definitely want that theater ticket sold out for the new Bond and for the new Fast and the Furious. They want those kind of sales. Yeah. So I don't see them. They do. If theaters are reopened by the time, no time to die. And especially by next year when Fast 9 comes <laughs> out, I don't see them not oh, yeah. releasing yeah. those two movies. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, one of the things I know that uh, this whole pandemic situation with the film industry is is bringing up questions about how long are we going to have movie theaters as far as something besides a very niche market like, like we currently have uh you know drive-ins are very few and far between and usually are known for showing older films um and just like you have some small town old theaters that show old films i i can definitely see that coming soon now my question is how long is that going to last how long before we now with our current situation, is that going to push that forward to where it's like, okay, well, you know, if COVID-19 doesn't chill in the next six months or a year, are we going to see the death of the movie theater altogether? So that's my question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because, I mean, even because they're not, most of them aren't even open except for some independently owned ones and... Yeah, they can only fill at a certain capacity, and like there's one in Tyler, they are playing old movies. I looked last week, and they were playing stuff like Jurassic Park and Tim Burton's Batman. Mm. <laughs> I kind of want to go. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, if there wasn't a, a whole virus stuff going on, <laughs> I would definitely go just to go see those on the big screen. But yeah, the plague does deter. Um. I know that there are theaters in several different states where they're pretty much selling popcorn on the side of the out in front of their theater in order to try to keep some of their employees employed, you know, to get a few hours a week for these kids who work there uh, because, you know, they can't make any they can't they can't show movies in most in so many states. Uh, and, they, you know, because at best, a lot of states are like, well, 25 percent. Uh, capacity, but so many of them are saying not at all. You can't do anything, so they're selling popcorn on the side of the road uh, to keep some jobs and some income for these kids uh, who work there. But again, this is this isn't making movies. This isn't sustainable. It's just something. I like what the uh, Alamo Draft House is doing right now to try and maintain business. Is what's is that? that? They're like offering like online movie watching things or like you pay a certain mm. amount and you get, can watch the movie online. That's I'm cool. not a hundred percent of the details, but I know they're doing like some kind of movie series where they're showing certain films that they can show online. Yeah. I know, uh, I know a lot of the theaters, like I know AMC has an on demand service. Um, so you can watch their movies. And I mean, through a lot of your streaming services, Amazon and some of the others, or, you know, just online in general, you can rent so many of these movies that are coming out digitally anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it does make me wonder how long we're going to have theater experiences. And I mean, over the years, we've had the discussion several times with people, uh, you know, because of costs and concessions and ticket prices and, 
and just the continual escalation of that and you know the little bit of money that these theaters are making uh even with those increased costs and concessions uh how long that business model is going to last but that's you know with this whole pandemic situation it's definitely changing how we're looking at films and entertainment um you know i i just don't know where uh one, now that we're getting to where we can get movies automatically, you know, coming from the theater, um, I don't see if it if it continues for any length of time and we we see a lot of big budget films coming out that way. I really don't see people going, OK, I'm going to take my family to the theater. Now, one person is still cheaper to go to the theater, pay five, ten bucks versus paying 20 to rent it for a night. Uh, that still, you know, makes sense. But. Families aren't going to want to go. Uh, so I don't know. And I, I think that one individual is less likely to spend a fortune on concessions. A family, that's where they make their money. You've got four kids. You know, all of them have a drink. All of them have a small popcorn. You know, it, it gets crazy. So Well, we'll we'll see how long this lasts and what movies they decide to release on demand. Cause right now the movies that they have decided to either upload on a streaming service or release to rent have not really been anything that was going to be like huge. Like, yeah, Warner brothers just released sure. the new Scooby-Doo movie. Trolls came out. I mean, no studio has released any of their big tentpole movies that they suspect would have made that's true big money so if i see wonder woman or a marvel movie <laughs> if, they, if they if they put black widow on disney plus then i'll be like okay the theaters might be in trouble yeah. well and I, i'm sure that'll be some point if depending on how long this lasts we could see that happening because eventually they're going to have to put a product out but right now, you're totally right. They're not putting the big budget stuff out. We're seeing a lot of your kids' movies, some fun stuff, some stuff they maybe didn't have a lot of faith in, like Artemis Fowl, you know, didn't figure to be the big blockbuster. Um, but who knows? Um, I know some, the I mean, some people are already talking about uh, putting stuff out this summer. We had a lot that's, uh, a lot has been pushed to next year, as you said earlier. But we, we have a few things like, um, like the movie Tenet, is talking about coming out uh, this summer as well. And that's a little bit of controversial because everybody's like, are we going to be ready to go back to theaters in July? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Warner Brothers, you know, ev almost every summer movie has been pushed back except for this movie. This movie yeah. has play-stated that at its release date since it was announced, Warner Brothers was like, because, you know, a lot of places announced that they were staying closed till July and they were planning to reopen in July. And mm -hmm. part of this is not just Warner Brothers. This is Christopher Nolan, too, the director of Tenet, which I agree with him in one part and totally don't understand what is going on with him. <laughs> I understand how he feels that theatrical experience is important and how seeing a movie on the big screen is not the same as watching it on your home. And most of his movies are movies that need to be seen on the big screen because how he shoots and films them, especially with the IMAX stuff. But is he not watching the news? Is he not reading the paper? <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe England is doing better than we are right now, and I know that a lot of the Asian markets have started to open back up. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this movie's coming out in July, and I'll tell you why. One... Los Angeles announced that their stay-at-home orders for three more months. And that's a yeah. big chunk of the theatrical market right there. And Warner Brothers already stated <laughs> that if 80% of the world's theater market is, if it's not ready to be open, then this movie is not coming out. I think Christopher Nolan <laughs> needs to bite his pride, do the right thing, and delay the movie till December. And I know Warner Brothers has something else that uh, they have dune coming out you're gonna have to push dune back i'm sorry but yeah as much as well, wasn't dune a, supposed wasn't it supposed to be like a christmas release yes or but i don't yeah first okay. see that movie i will be shocked if dune ends up being a box office hit i want to see it but <laughs> i'm pretty sure because yeah. and i'm glad warner brothers takes chances on these type of movies it's like 
They mm-hmm. did a Blade Runner sequel. They did a Shining sequel. Both of those movies did not do well. But, yeah. I mean, I'm thankful Warner Brothers does stuff like that. But at the same time, as much as I want to see Tenet, it is like one of my most anticipated films of this, was going to be one of my most anticipated films of this year. But I'm not going to risk my life to watch it. I can wait. <laughs> for, for sure. I mean, we're talking about the... Like right now, we've passed 5 million people who've been diagnosed with the coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, the United States has over 100 or, or just shy of 100,000 deaths already. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's what, I mean, sure, the world market, everything else we want to look at. But really, the United States, which is where we're talking about most of these being shot and produced and put out and where, where they're looking to make um, such a big deal with, um, and whether or not they're going to come out is very dependent on the United States. Um, because most of them are from here, that's that's the big thing. I mean, well, the world market is, I'm not trying to downplay that the world market doesn't matter on the movies, but we're really talking about that domestic uh, uh, release. Um, because they can delay the other a little bit. It happens all the time. There's, there's all kinds of things that go into that. But... We, we've already seen, or we're about to see 100,000 deaths in the United States. Um, like you said, California is going to be shut down for three months. Um, a lot of states are, are going, uh, we're starting to open back up, but we also know that there's a good chance that because they're starting to open up, we're going to see much more deaths and issues and possibly some regressing back to more, uh, more of a back-to-home quarantine style, depending on how things go. I mean, hopefully... It all blows over. July's great, whatever. Um, but we don't know at this point. And I mean, if anything, he should be like, yes, I want it to be out in July. But realistically, <laughs> there's a good chance it's going to be canceled. And I would I would prefer him to say something like that than to say, no, it's coming out in July. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's a it's a it's too early to tell. I mean, I, I know we're just starting to get back into different things. I mean, We've started seeing a couple of sporting events coming out with no fans. And, you know, some of that's going well so far. Not a lot of uh, they're doing real good jobs with testings. But we're talking about crowded theaters. We're, we're talking about, uh, you know, I mean, I know people go to the grocery store and people wear masks and all this stuff. But you're talking about people eating and drinking and all these things. They're not going to be able to wear a mask through the whole film. Uh, and, you know, again, you're not the movie theater would have to go in and scrub every seat completely between every film and i don't see that I happening don't trust realistically our local theater to do that no i mean and i'm not saying they do a bad job but i mean that's i mean you'd have to scrub carpeted seats essentially you know you've got <laughs> i just the amount of time it would take to clean a, a theater that seats over 100 people and i don't know the numbers on it I, but over 100 people at least um would take half an hour an hour at least probably realistically to scrub that room between showings, and again, the more they do of that, the less they're going to be able to show, which means the less money they're going to make. I, I just, I don't see it being worthwhile yeah, to the movie um, theaters. Realistically, it's, especially with, they could yeah. probably only do like two showings, like a matinee and a, <laughs> then an evening show. That's like, realistically, that's all they could probably do per movie. Right. And, you know, most of these theaters have only two or three screens in smaller venues. I mean, some of them, I mean, some of the big theaters have tons of them, but a lot of these theaters have two or three screens. And so they're only going to be able to show a couple of movies. So let's say they're getting six showings a day. Uh, I just don't see them being able to staff for that. Plus, the amount of staff they're going to have to have to clean, count extra people, make sure there's good security because you can only have 25% uh, in a lot of places right now. God forbid we get to where they could have everybody in at the same time uh, before we're ready. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think it's it's a dangerous game, and I really don't think a movie theater is the way to, to risk it. Like, I understand wanting to go out a little bit and do stuff. I mean, we're all tired of being at home, uh, but I don't know if I would go to a movie theater anytime soon. Uh <laughs> maybe drive-ins will just take over um, be okay <laughs> i think the movie industry needs to just bite the bullet i know they want to get things back to where they can start making money but i think they need to just settle that the summer movie season is not happening this year <laughs> yeah well i mean it's 
uh, we I mean everybody's seen this at that at this point, but it just kind of feels like they're all worried about making that money and I get it they've got to have it to survive in many cases, but I just keep thinking of jaws and I keep thinking of people <laughs> the mayor ready to open the beaches. Right. Uh and that's every time anything opens up I'm going I'm not going first. Uh so I mean we'll see. I mean hopefully again you know, things can get better. And and traditionally, viruses and stuff like this, um, during the summer, you do have a lull. But, I mean, a lull doesn't mean it goes away. And I don't, I mean, if we, we start letting people go out in the summer and things are going okay, and then the fall movies come around and we have full theaters and people are just spreading it even more. I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of worried about it personally. So, uh, and, you know, it sucks because, I you know, doing podcasts like this, I, there's a... A lot of movies I was looking forward to this year. I, I know. Uh, and sure, most of them hopefully will come back next year, but still. I mean, you know, Marvel's completely shifted their release schedules of all their movies because of this. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm bummed too, but, you know, people's safety is more important than my personal entertainment. And <laughs> I'll be okay if I have to wait six months to a year to see a movie. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I would like to see a couple of them try to put out some of these big movies in digital. Just see what happens. Test the waters. Someone should do it. Yeah. I, uh, maybe it, it's not Christopher Nolan. It's not going to be Tenet. <laughs> it won't be Tenet. No, it's not. He will hold yeah, on to that yeah. print with his dead, cold hands till it can be presented <laughs> into a theater. And that... Hey, my brother, my, <laughs> go and that's ahead. fine. That's fine that he wants it in the theaters. I understand, but he needs to come to the realistic fact that it's going to have to be delayed if that's what he wants. Yeah, it, it will. My brother has a hundred and something inch, uh, um, uh, projector screen. <laughs> it's a wall of his house. So, I mean, you know, he could watch it there. It'd be worthwhile probably. <laughs> but yeah, I, t- I mean, I totally get it. There are some movies that in theaters they make, everything different um you know big budget war movies space movies things like that there's there's just something about it but i I, he needs to go ahead and just say it's probably not going to happen so the question is is mar disney or warner brothers gonna bite the bullet first are we gonna see black widow or are we gonna see wonder woman released digitally first I think sadly we're going to get Black Widow as a digital release, and that's going to be bad for Black Widow and female superhero movies in general, uh, because I think it's going to have low numbers. I mean, I, th- I still think people will will watch it at home, but I think it's not going to get that big budget production money that they hope for, and it's going to be a bad. I, I think it'll be bad all the way around. Otherwise, I mean, I think it'll be a great movie, but I think it won't do good for. Uh, superhero movies in general star with female leads, but hopefully I don't think they'll release Wonder Woman, even though it's a sequel. I don't think they'll release it to digital, so not not right away. So Mulan is also supposed to come out July twenty fourth. You think Disney will put that up digitally? <sighs> no, I think I mean they posted they they've already postponed it once, and they had originally said it wouldn't come out to the end of the year. I think, excuse me. I think depending on, I really think there's a chance if everything seems to get easy and everybody really starts opening up, but with California saying they're not going to, and that's where, I mean, literally that's where the movies happen. I mean, prior to this coming year, you had to have a movie in theaters in Hollywood or it couldn't be up for Oscars. I mean, that's one of the things they've had to adjust already is uh, Oscars for next year. They've said you have to, have had it set to go to theaters, uh, but you know, not any digital release will be eligible for Oscars. But if you were planning to go to theaters with it, and then it didn't get to, it still gets to be uh, up for Oscars next year. So um, I don't know. I mean, I I think if things look really good, they might try with it. But I I don't know. If, especially with California clothes, I don't see them doing it. I think they'll again postpone it some more. Because they originally said it would be the end of the year, I think, or next year, uh, when they originally postponed it for March. So, I think it was March. You know what movie I or think a- they should release digitally? What's that? New Mutants. <laughs> it's about time. I mean, what are they going to do with it? If it flops, uh, no big deal at this point. It's only been, what, three years since they talked about originally releasing it? I mean, 
Maisie Williams looks like she's a kid in this movie because she was practically. And now she's, I don't know, 25 or something. I, I mean, it's, yeah, this was it's kind of weird out over two years ago and yeah, it got pushed back originally because Fox want, didn't want to have an empty year of releases. So they didn't want it back to back with Deadpool two. And then it yeah. got delayed for reshoots. And then the Disney buyout happened and they're like, okay, we're going to release it in 2020. Then Corona happened. <laughs> and now they delayed it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I, I <laughs> this doesn't hurt Disney one way or the other how it does. They should just put it on Hulu and call it that. Something. You know, whether it's Hulu or Disney or whatever, uh, just I think at this point it needs to come out because the only other option, in my opinion, if it doesn't come out this year, is to it's going to be an extra on a box uh, of movies. It's not going to come out. And uh, I, that's what I'm worried about. I know I've heard people say that it might as well not. Uh, but I mean, really they need to make some money off of it one way or another anyway, you know, but I would, I'd go ahead and just release it or use it as your experimental theaters film. You know, uh, <laughs> people are going to go watch it or they're not. This is not one of those that matters in the big scheme of things as far as Marvel goes. Uh, so, you know, maybe put it out and. You know, in that July release date where people are talking, if, if people actually are going to start opening theaters and showing big movies, why not? Give it a shot. And then if it flops, it's you're, you're not out anything. So, I don't know. But yeah, uh, I think it should come out at some point for sure. All right. Um, anything else on this subject, I guess, really? Um, no, not really. Uh, Christopher Nolan, please, please reconsider your you dead set idea of getting this out as soon as possible just just reschedule it's not a big deal man <laughs> it's not gonna hurt you and if you want if you want yeah. people to as many people to see your new movie it would be wiser to release it later than in july absolutely i think you're right and i think i think he's going to i think he's just trying to push and I know there are a lot of people who are really hoping we just open back up, and that sure that would be good for the economy in some ways. But once people start dying, we'll just be back in the same situation. Especially if people die in mass, which I would suspect would happen if we open movie theaters to full capacity. Uh, yeah, let's and, not reenact uh, the scene of from Outbreak in real life. In box office news, the wretched has been number one at the box office for five consecutive weeks. Uh, this is an honor shared with the likes of Avatar, Sixth Sense, and Black Panther. Sure, it uh, probably has more to do with luck and the way the pandemic has limited theaters, uh, but it is an achievement nonetheless. However, the numbers for its success is very different than the other films. Uh, its total box office is still less than $1 million at this point. I think last I saw it was somewhere around uh, $700,000, but still, it's been there for five weeks. So, I haven't heard of this movie. Is it just playing in drive-ins and movie theaters that are open? I think so. I think that's it at this point. It's not, uh, it's not, I don't think it's on demand even, but, uh, it's, it's in theaters somewhere. That's apparently, <laughs> it's apparently winning at the drive-thru. So... But considering there's not a so lot of new So it's taking movies. advantage of hardly anything playing and it being one of the few things available to see. Exactly. I mean, you know, other than that, again, like, uh, it's it's probably just old movies competing against it. So, And those don't count towards box office numbers, I don't think, unless it's an official re-release. Right. Well, like I said, I mean... Um, so normally at this point of the podcast, we would talk about what's going on in the box office, you know, who's winning, who's losing, but really the numbers are so small and so skewed, it's really hard for us to have a, a good sample size to talk much more than beyond the fact that this one's been at number one. Uh, but I guess at this point, what I want to talk about is what movies are we watching this week or what are we or last week even I guess and uh, what are we looking forward to that's coming out to either on demand or or DVD or whatever um there's a few good options I don't know like how early or 
like recent the releases are, but there's a really good movie starring Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney that went straight to HBO. It debuted at Toronto last year, but no big studio picked it up. So HBO picked it up for a pretty penny, and I guess HBO saw ahead of the time, and it's called Bad Education, and it's about uh, Hugh Jackman, who's the superintendent for the local school district in Long Island, I believe. It's based on a true story, and it's about the corruption of the use of the school district's funds, and it's actually a really well-made movie, and I highly recommend it. If you have HBO or the new HBO Max streaming service, I would recommend that. And the other thing I would like to recommend is a Netflix movie that's a teen romance, but it's not your typical teen romance, and it's called The Half of It. And it's about this boy who likes this girl, so he asks this really smart girl to write letters for him for her. And then this girl also ends up falling for the girl. But it's a really interesting, well-done, and not-your-typical teen romantic comedy coming-of-age film. That's cool. Um, this past week, I, I've watched mostly superhero films. I finally got to watch Shazam. Um, I have very mixed feelings about it. It is a fun, heartfelt-type film. Uh, though, because I'm a fan of the character, I do have some issues with the movie. Uh, but not a bad film. Just not necessarily my favorite. But I guess that's the case for most uh, DC live-action films, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, and many people's. I did watch uh, a couple of the DC animated films as well, just trying to catch up on some of those. Um, I saw the the brand new um, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War this weekend, which is a sequel to the previous Justice League Dark right. and the John Constantine um, City of Demons. And all the other general, uh, all the other Justice League films, pretty much since Flashpoint Paradox, it's the it's the continuation of the basically the New Fifty Two to film, uh, and it's it's really good. I enjoyed it, um, and I watched a couple others, you know, but that was that was really good. I got to watch that. Uh, had to wait for it to come in. Everybody was talking about it online, but I, I was like, give me time. I ordered it. I'm not going to pay to watch it now. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's what I've pretty much what I've been watching. As far as what's coming out that I'm excited about this week, uh, I know of a couple films. I'm gonna go ahead and say there's a Lego DC movie that I'm I'm gonna watch. It's uh, called Shazam: Magic and Monsters. Uh, it's basically in this one, Shazam receives an offer to join the Justice League, but he isn't sure if he wants to join. Uh, when the Monster Society gets back into action, Shazam may be the only one who can save them. Uh, I'm excited. I like some of the Lego DC films. They're not all gold. They're a little more kitty than the other DC films, uh, the DC animated, but they usually usually are pretty good. Other than that, uh, the, there's a new uh, horror film uh, starring Kevin James called Becky. Um, basically, it's about this girl named Becky who's going trying to reconnect with her father, for, and they have a weekend getaway at a lake. Uh, and then they run into Kevin James's character named Dominic, who's an ex-con uh, or an escaped convict. I'm not 100% certain on that. But it looks really good, and I'm excited to see Kevin James in a different role and see how he plays that. Uh, I love him as the funny guy. And you get to see some serious moments in some of his other stuff, but I'm really excited to see if he can play the bad guy. Yeah, that's interesting casting, to say the <laughs> least. Yeah, uh, I was reading that they wanted... Um, Oh, what's his name from Shaun of the Dead? Um, Simon Pegg or si Nick Frost? Simon Pegg to play it originally. So I, the whole plan, I think, was to go with someone funny and then have them play the villain, which has been done well with, like, Robin Williams. I mean, that was always something phenomenal was Robin Williams as a villain. It was only a couple of movies uh, I can think of, but they were fantastic. Yeah, he had the one-two punch of, insomnia and one hour yeah. photo and both of those are really yeah great performances yeah. so seek those movies out somewhere if that's you can. true um do you have any movies that you know are coming out that you're excited about um i don't know if i'm excited about any new movies <laughs> coming out because most of the movies i was excited to see are not right. coming out but <laughs> there are high profile movies coming out that i'll be checking out yeah um Disney is releasing Artemis Fowl straight to Disney Plus next weekend on the 12th. Um, 
which I think is a good idea for this movie because I did not foresee this movie being a big smash, yeah. which is why I was confused why Disney delayed it a year <laughs> from when it was supposed to come out. Uh, the biggest thing I can say that I like about this is that Kenneth Branagh's directing it, and yeah. I like him as the director. He's talented. I'm more excited about his new Poirier movie coming out, yeah. Death on the Nile, but this could be fun. That's true. And then Spike Lee has a Vietnam War drama coming out also next weekend called The Five Bloods or something like that, and... That could be interesting. It's always cool when a high-profile director has a new movie coming out. Yep. And I like that Netflix is willing to give these guys the budget they want when sometimes the studios won't let them do it. So that could be interesting as well. Very true. Um, one more thing I want to talk about before we go, uh, before we, yeah, before we end the podcast is uh, if you get a chance, if you're into films, you know, if you're a cinephile or just a fan of films. Uh, in, in its different variations. Right now, you can check out the We Are One Global Film Festival. Um, everything's being streamed on Hulu. It's a 10-day film festival uh, with uh, all kinds of content, interviews, films. Uh, I kind of glanced at it. I haven't got a chance to sit down and start watching any of it, but I know they have a lot of animated shorts. They've got some other films. They've got interviews and panels with uh, different uh, uh, uh creators and and actors and whatnot so if you get a chance check it out we'll put a link on the page um and that way everyone can get a chance to go look at it but it's on youtube so hopefully it'll stay up even after the 10 days i think it's still got about six of those left i'm not certain i know it started i think this past weekend um so i'm excited i hope y'all are too um anything else before we're done you think cody that's all the news I have, and that's really good. I hope more festivals do something like that, since we can't gather in large groups Very for true. quite some time. All right, guys. Uh, have a good... Uh, I hope y'all enjoy <laughs> whatever y'all are working on right now, whatever y'all are getting to watch. Uh, yeah. So that's all, I guess. And then we'll Stay safe out there. Yeah, stay safe. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us at Real Movie News on Twitter and Facebook. And if you'd like to shoot us an email with some recommendation on stuff to talk about, you can reach us at realmovienewschannel at gmail.com. If you'd like to keep up with me or any of my other things I'm doing on social media, you can find my podcast at VideoStoreRJ1 on Twitter and at VideoStoreRejects on Facebook. And if you'd like to keep up with me personally, you can find me at FilmNerd85 on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can find me at Cody's Film Page on Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, Jim, uh, you can get me at uh, Passive Creative on Facebook and Twitter or uh, as Passive Creator on Instagram. Also, if you're interested in other movie podcasts I do, I'm on Movie of the Week podcast, which you can find on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well as get wherever you get your podcasts.